Moving into our final segment, I am very excited to introduce master photographer and friend Alex Harsley on to WBAI. Welcome, Alex. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So Alex has an exhibit up. He's he's a staple of the Lower East Side. He has a, a gallery, the 4th Street Photo Gallery um, at 67 for East 4th Street. Uh, that's on 4th Street between 2nd and Bowery, a little bit closer to Bowery on the north side. Highly encourage you go there. I also am going to be, uh, you know, encouraging that you go to this exhibit. Um, he has an exhibit at the Cooper Square Committee Studio One, and that is at 59-61 uh, East 4th Street, and we'll be talking more about that uh, at the end of the show. But the exhibit is called 64 Years of Images of My New York City Community um, from Alex Harsley, who is now, you must be 84, Alex? 84. And I'm just saying that because he's been experiencing and taking photos of New York City ever since he uh, moved here as a, a young teenager. So uh, to introduce Alex before we get some good questions on him and to give you an idea of what his photography is like and the show, I'm just going to read um, an excerpt um, from an article that I wrote about Alex because I couldn't introduce him in a better way. <laughs> so uh, I couldn't write it out any better than I already did, I should say. So here we go. spent a lot of time and energy and love on that article, so please share it. Some yeah, of quick quick side note. This is from Alex and I must, I'm, I mean, we talked more than this, but I must have had 15 hours of recordings after we just talked for, for this piece. So um, here we go. On the north side of East 4th Street, between Bowery and 2nd Avenue, in a small window front shop is the 4th Street Photo Gallery. At any given hour, you might see Alex Harsley, 83 and wiry, with a crooked cap, sitting in a chair, either at the back of the gallery, watching the news or editing a video project, or outside on the street, where he observes the block he's known since 1974. The gallery's walls are lined ceiling to floor with 13 by 19 inch photographs. Basquiat gazes sheepishly at you. Norts pour out of culturing sacks onto your face. Muhammad Ali, a lot of Ali, looking down at you, up at you on a horse. New York City embraces you. A woman sunbathes at Coney Island and children play behind fences. Sunday bike races in Harlem. Bohemians and beatniks in Washington Square. Syrians selling clothes on the once cobblestone streets of lower Manhattan. Dancers twisting on stage. The photographer's daughters, his ex-wife, the Palisades, the World Trade Center, heightened digital edits of images that were once taken on film, athletes, naked women, crowds, images sit among stacks of old cameras, floating mobiles, stacks and stacks and stacks of old photos. So that's Harsley, and he's here with us now. Um, we'll pitch his, his, his exhibit at the end of the show. So, so, uh, listen for it there. Um, so, you know, uh, you have this, the show hanging, uh, uh, at Cooper Square Committee. And I also went to see one of your shows uh, in last year at Pioneer Works in Red Hook, a great gallery. And that show was hung or exhibited in a very normal way with photos on the wall, sort of like over time from your younger photographs to your older, more psychedelic photographs. This show is hung completely differently. It is not really on the wall. It's mostly on floating panels um, in this room where the afternoon light sort of like floods in and it's it's really a, an experience. So talk about the total breaking the mold and the way that this was hung and put together. It's a bunch of small images, four by sixes mostly on hanging panels. So So tell us about that process and decision. 
that process that came about back in 1959 when I was given an opportunity to have a photograph exhibit in Harlem on 125th Street in the camera store. So I had to figure out how am I going to hang a show in, in, a, in a window. So the only conclusion I could come up with was to hang them with a string, let them float around in the window. And that was the beginning of that idea. Since then, it has matriculated all the way into the show that I got hanging now. The original show that you're referring to was curated and put together by my daughter, who prefers to see me in that light rather than the light I try to present to the public in terms of just being outright <laughs> outrageous in terms of <laughs> what I want to do in photography. I've always got some resistance in terms of what I really like to do on a creative level. So this time around, I got a chance to actually exercise my creative ability in terms of installation. I was always into installation rather than just going with a photograph in a frame on a wall around the wall. Yes, I did quite a bit of that in order to be able to afford myself to be able to go and do these outrageous things without any kind of financial consideration. There's more out of artistic consideration in terms of trying to let the public know that this is what I really do in terms of them. This is more about the people come into the gallery, the people that I see, etc. This was put together along those lines of thinking. Now, how do I integrate all of that into one show? Very difficult. I had to go back through all my files of all the people that I photographed over a period of many, many years, pull them up, and then print them all out, and then figure out a way of how I'm going to present them. The best way was to go back to the original idea of putting these images on a board. The whole idea from that point forward was to base not to think about content, but to think about the installation side of it all. So once I got into the installation side of it all, then it was just a matter of taking the photographs, putting some glue on the back, and just sticking them together on panels all the way around. So essentially, I'm, take, I'm taking you off where another famous artist left off back during the 50s and 60s, Romar Biddens. He used to cut images out and put images around on, on the board. So I'm doing the same thing. The only difference being is I'm using my photographs to do that. There's just a matter of how the complexity come out in terms of your overall view, how you look at that. You can stand back from it and look at it as just a piece of art. Or you go into it and see all these individuals. What roles do these individuals play? Well, they're like memories that come forth as you're looking at them. And if you don't have any relationship, there's a different kind of relationship you establish in, in the show. Which means you go around to you, all of a sudden you find a conversation that you're going to have with each individual piece. Then you go back around and say, ah, now I know what the secret is. Then allows you to go back and look at the show. And I, I prefer to work in that area rather than just putting a photograph on the wall and say, okay, that's $2,000. Instead, I want to put a lot of information out there for the general public. Over the years I've been working on the street. I've learned a lot about the needs of the general public. That general public generally don't go to art institutions. So I become their art institution. Mm-hmm. It's up to me to cater to their needs in terms of what they prefer to look at. And over the years, them coming to the gallery, I got a better idea in terms of satisfying their, their needs, mainly by images that I put in the window. I have an ongoing audience that I have to constantly satisfy that comes by and look at the window. Right. It depends on how much time they spend in terms of the image they have on the window. I have to take note of all of this stuff here. Mm-hmm. So we're just sitting back there doing nothing. I'm studying things carefully because I need to make another move in terms of my public. And the oh, whole you're thing not, at that point. 
was to grow the public. You're not doing nothing. Um, um, that's clear. So, so, but speak a little bit more about that, about public access to art. You uh, have demonstrated, when I first as you started, said, just when quickly, I, I want to bring up. When I first started showing, it was an issue in terms of, okay, once that show is over, where does it go from there? So from there, I was going down to Washington Square Park, looking at how other artists are dealing with being isolated and having an opportunity to show something on the street. So that's where the idea came to me. Well, if there's a fence, you can always put something up on it. It's free. And you get a good going public and you get an idea of whether or not you're succeeding or failing in terms of how the public deals with that, just walking by. If they stop and look at it, okay, you got something going on. If they keep on walking by, okay, you know, try something else in the process of that. And over the years, I've learned a lot about public exhibitions because that became the main stable of me starting minority photographers, providing a platform or uh, area that the artists could exhibit in. And carefully, over the years, I was able to expand on that from just showing in bars and theaters, et cetera, all the way into these artists getting into legitimate gallery, but understanding what the structure is in terms of getting in there. So for 20 years, I helped artists get through that whole structure and get into the system that exists today. Because back then, the system essentially did not exist for them. But eventually, cracks begin to appear, and they, they start getting into those systems. So now they became very popular artists because they was able to, you know, have the time and the energy to work themselves into that system. Right now, so, Alex, uh, you you've lived down in the Lower East Side uh, for almost fifty years now, and your photography goes even further back. And when I look at some of your photos, I'm you know struck by how it captures a a pre gentrified uh, New York. Uh, gives us a glimpse into a world that has largely vanished. Uh, your thoughts on that, uh, how you're preser- capturing and preserving something, uh, you know, that was beautiful. I mean, and people look back on it. It's like walking into this interview and realizing that the, the neighborhood that used to be my neighborhood is no longer there. So the whole idea of me moving forward with the ideas means moving along with the public that's that's coming into the neighborhood and being able to adjust to that new community and being prepared to offer them up the same kind of offering I offered all, everybody else in the process. So that's part of the show that's up now in terms of my new community. My new new community is very complex in terms of the type of people that I now communicate with as opposed to when I first started all of this here. And it just expanded all kinds of different directions in terms of what I like to do and satisfying that public. And that public being able to support me and give me the necessary impetus can you work in those areas. So yes, the, the neighborhood have changed, but only in the complexity of the cosmetic side of it. The energy and the soul has always been there. We have gotten a little bit old, a little bit more isolated, yes, but yet no, there's somebody filling our place behind us as we move along. And I see that as the evolution of the Lower East Side. What it used to be is going back to what it used to be again. It's, it's simple. It keeps, keeps recycling itself in different aspects. But the soul and quality of the neighborhood simply haven't changed. It's just having improved in terms of the intellectuals that came in to give it a new language. And I- 
Alex, in our last minute here, I just want to have your your comments um, on one thing, which is that once you lamented to me the lack of good art critique currently, <laughs> can you talk briefly I, about I, 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 that? I've been working very hard in that area trying to get various individuals to take over those roles of helping to kind of like pre-describe what's really going on within and outside of the communication arts. Right now, there's no one there to actually accentuate what's really going on. So it kind of like it gotten kind of lost within itself in terms of direction. So most of the museums and educational institutions like the museum, the sector have completely lost touch with the, the, the community at large in terms of the general public. The general public, basically, you have to look at that the number of people who have the time and the energy to basically go into those spaces. Like all that, all that have changed due to the virus thing. And it's just a matter of how we're going to recover in order to get that community back into place again in terms of people, you know, indulging and enjoying the culture of the neighborhood and the rest of New York City. Right. So, so how do we go about, you know, putting all that back together again? So that's the area that I'm involved in trying to get people to write about what's going on in the arts down here in the rest of the country. Well, one good way that they can do it is by going to see your exhibit. And unfortunately, we're going to have to leave it there for today. But it was great to speak with you, uh, legendary photographer Alex Harsley. Everybody can go see your exhibit. It's up through November 15th at Cooper Square Committee Studio One. That's at 59-61 East 4th Street, number 3W in Manhattan. You can also follow Alex at Fourth Street Photo on Instagram, correct? And Facebook. And Facebook. Alex Harsley, thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, and so that wraps it up for today's show. We'll be back same time next week with the Independent News Hour. Also, we have that election night special coming up in two weeks from 5 to 10 p.m. on November 8th. Uh, Amba, what's our uh, final song for tonight? Transition East by composer Angel Bat Dawid. Thank you.